tonight, we're going to do a sermon called Knowing Him or Knowing God. You know, it's one thing to know about Him and another thing to know Him. And we are, we're going to have a one good time. By Philippians chapter 3, start, let's start with verse 7. What things were gained to me, I counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them rubbish that I may gain Christ. I'm not being vulgar. I'm not. The word rubbish is the Greek word dung. Everything outside of Jesus is a bunch of crap. And that's what he said. I'm not trying to be vulgar. He said everything on this planet outside of Jesus. It's, it's just a septic tank. And that's what, he, that's what he called it. And I'm going, a pretty wild statement. They changed it into King James because they didn't know what you were going to do with it. And I be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already attained and I already perfected. I press on that I may hold on that which is Christ has laid hold of me. Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended one thing I do. Forget the things that are behind and reach forward to the things that are ahead. I press forward towards a goal or the prize of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. Go to Psalm 19.1. I'm going to read a few scriptures here before we get into the Mac Daddy of this thing. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been looking forward to this all day. That, that's, that's, that's something, you know. I, I got some things I'm going to show you that are kind of just absolutely wild. Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God the firmament shows his handiwork. Uh, pop Isaiah 45, 18 on the screen. I don't want to have to turn there. Just pop it on the screen. But thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord. There is no other. Go to 40, 40 verse 12 now. Forty twelve who measures the water in the hollow of his hand. He measures the heaven with a span. Now, we're gonna, I want you to remember this in a minute. And calculated the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. Do you ever wonder how big he is? You ever just sat and thought about it a while? I did. I want to show you something that I did some study. I'm going to read the bottom first. First, I want to talk about how big the solar system is. When the Bible talks about he made the earth, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now, now the reason he created the heavens was for earth. 
the reason he created earth was for man. Everything that I'm going to read to you was done for you and me. Now listen to what, listen to this, because I did this study on our solar system, and it took me like two days to do it. Um, the, if the sun is a softball, Neptune, the furthest planet, is a green pea, how far do you think Neptune or the green pea would be from the ball in our solar system? Football field. Let's go a hair further. Three football fields. That's that's huge. That's our solar system. I'm going to go a little deeper here. We're going to get. There's a star out there. That's the next star in our galaxy, Alpha Centauri. Four point three light years away. If we were standing in Colorado Springs, how far would it be if a softball was our sun? Would the next star be? The North Pole. From here to California. That's the next star. I'm trying to show you there's a little bit of distance going on out there. We're going back to he measured it in his hand. We ain't got to that yet. We're fixing to go crazier. Um, Venus is the closest to the sun. It's 900 degrees. Mars is the further from us. It's freezing. The earth is made up of 70% water. Um, If the earth was a golf ball, how big would the sun be? In height. Fifteen feet. That's huge. That's that's somewhere about the middle of that. That's if that's huge. Okay, I'm going I'm going somewhere. If the sun was a grain of sand. the Milky Way would be the same length as Orlando to the moon. And Milky Way is tiny. It's not big. It's only like a million light years across. Okay, hold on a minute. Y'all ain't got here yet. Okay, if the sun was a basketball and Mercury was a pinhead, it would be 33 feet from the basketball. If the sun was a basketball and Venus was a peppercorn, it would be 62 feet. If the earth was a peppercorn and the, and the sun was a basketball, it would be 85.5 feet. Mars would be 130 feet. Jupiter would be a pecan at 445 feet. And Saturn an acorn at 819 feet. And Uranus would be a third of a mile. And Neptune would be a half a mile away. That's just our solar system. Okay. Trying to give you 
and I, we're trying to, I'm trying to talk about how big God is right now. We're trying to, I want to get your brain because all of our life we've heard the solar system, like here's the sun, and they show you. The reason they don't do it is because they can't put it on paper. But imagine a softball and Neptune is out somewhere on the other side of Errol. And the gravitational pull of a ball is keeping it in. Okay. There's, I'm going somewhere. The closest star is 4,343 miles. The universe was made, okay, if the earth was a basketball and the Milky Way would be the size of the United States. If our sun was a grain of sand, the largest star in the universe would be three feet tall. Now, that's talking about our sun which is 15 feet compared to our earth and the largest star out there, well, y'all are getting this, aren't you? That means that our star is not, the largest star out there makes our star look like a peanut. Okay, and in when, it, so now that they have telescopes, when they take a picture of the sky, now, I just got through telling you that the nearest star to us is to our solar system, if the earth is a softball, is, is where the moon is. Okay, that's one star, but there are, in one inch of sky, are billions of galaxies. Now, now, and the distance between our galaxy and the next one is two and a half million light years away. That's just the next one. Okay. Okay. How smart do you think God is? I just got through reading. Now, now, now when I did some more reading, and I don't have all the facts yet, but what they found out was that our universe, if it was the size of a softball, I mean, uh, our universe, which is like uh, a, a trillion light years across, there's like a billion universes. Are you thinking? That means God that's big, that's massive. That is past my brain. And I'm reading that God said, I measured it in my hand. And I'm going, Shandai, hold on a minute. And then he came here and became a man. I was, I was sitting there thinking about these scriptures the other day. And I was thinking about God, how smart God is. Now, y'all know I read the story to you of um, George Washington Carver asked God, you know, what's the what's the man for? He says, uh, you know, it's, it's too big a question. 
Finally said, tell me about the peanut. And he said, it'll take you a lifetime. One peanut. Now, if it took God all a man's life to teach him about one peanut. Have you ever stopped and just slowed down and thought about how much detail is in a sparrow? His wings have to be hollow. He's got to have a blood system. He's got to have a brain. He's got to have wings. And I'm talking about that's one bird out of thousands. And then we got fish. Then we got water. Then we got air. Then we got whales. Then we got animals. Then we got you and me. And, and, and in my brain, I'm asking this crazy question. How long did he plan it before he said be? In my mind, like a gabillion years. I mean, I'm thinking naturally. But, but I'm thinking this guy is so smart. Now, let's go back to our solar system. When he made it, it's perfect because the earth is a perfect distance from that sun. Closer it would burn, further it would freeze. The axes had to be perfect to have, te- to have seasons. And then you got to asking, why do we have all these other planets? Well, we're going to read in a minute that like a watch, they're all keeping the earth. They're ministering to the earth to keep it. So, you know, I just did some study. What is Jupiter for? Do you even know why it's out there? It has the greatest um, um, gravitational pull of any planet. And all of the asteroids that come into our solar system, Jupiter sucks them into itself. Now, you gotta, you got to stop and think, God, you're smart. I mean, who does this where they make this solar system, which is crazy big, then puts it in a, in a Milky Way, which is stupid big, and puts it in a universe that's out of your mind that is, now just forget the rest, and what is, never mind. And then it says that he can tell you the name of every star. He's not dumb by any stretch of the imagination. Now, I'm going to jump way ahead of myself and tell you why I'm going where I'm going. I'm going to jump way ahead. Why did he make you? If you understand that everything I just said was for a purpose, to make man. And then man fell, and everything he did was to get you back. And the purpose... When he's finished, you're going to be exactly like Jesus. Now, that, that's, that is enough for your brain to go, mm. and he's going to do it too. Aren't you glad the Holy Spirit was sent to help you? And aren't you glad he doesn't leave when you have stupid days, stupid moments, and why is he, do you know why he's in you? Why he's in you? 
Because without him being in you, you would not make it. You cannot. See it? Cannot. Cannot, cannot, cannot make it. And he's, well, anyway, this is fun. You know how long I studied this until I'm like, Lisa looked at me and she said, don't talk to me. Go to Job 38. I've had so much fun studying this out. I was on my pad at home looking at solar systems for two straight days. And it took a long time to get anybody. I'm going to tell you, I had to go to the one where they explained it to children. (laughs) The other ones I went... I didn't understand a thing you said. Like, okay, for kids. And then they went, if it was a basketball, I got that part. Okay, I can handle this. Where's where's Job? Where's Job? Job, now I want you to understand. Here's a bunch of men. They're sitting around talking about God. And I'm going to tell you this, whatever they're talking about, they're going to find out they don't know what they're talking about. That's an important point. Because they're sitting around discussing something that they don't have a clue. So 38, the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Now, Job has been, Job, the men have all judged Job. Job, here's why this happened. You have sinned. And he's like, no, I have not. Now, this sounds like Christians. I don't tell you why you're in that mess. You got sin in your life. And Job's like, I don't. And so Job's, and then there's another guy that nobody ever mentions, Elihu, which it says it was, came out of the breath of the Almighty, which means he is a type of the Holy Spirit. And he jumps in there and starts talking to Job. And finally, you understand Job is the oldest book in the Bible. This is, I think this is pre-flood. But anyway, anyway, um, so finally God jumps in there and, and has an face-to-face with Job. And if you've never read this, you ought to just sit and read it one day. It's, it's a fascinating conversation of God asking Job questions. And Job's brain is going, I haven't got any idea. Now, remember what I just said. Here's the guy that made the earth, made the sun, put it in, slung it in orbit, Made the universe, made man. Who is who? Who is this who darkens counsel by words with no knowledge? God's conversation to a man, a man who's doing everything in his power to live right. Sort of feel a little bit like Job myself every once in a while. Who are you that has no idea what you are talking about? Without you know, by. Now prepare yourself like a man. I'm going to question you, and you will answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of this earth? 
smarty pants. Tell me if you have any understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Sound like a mom talking to a kid, doesn't it? <laughs> Mr. Smarty Bridges, get in here and let me have a talk. Who stretched a line on it? To what were its foundations fastened? Who laid its cornerstone when the morning star sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut the sea and its doors? And it, I didn't even tell you about the moon. Why do, do you know, we, I know you know why we have a moon that it gives us light. But what is its real purpose? It keeps the water on the earth from stagnating. Do y'all get this idea that this guy has a brain? If the gravitation's not right, it would come into us. Or if it was too heavy, it would sling out. So would all the other planets. It's like, it's, it's way better than a Rolex. <laughs> Made out of rocks and gas and water and mud. Who shut the sea doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb? When I made the clouds a garment and thick darkness swaddling hand, I fixed my lemon on it. I set the bars and the doors. When I said, this far you will come and no further, and here your proud waves must stop. That ocean has been commanded by God. You will stay in your limits. Now, I'm, I'm going I'm to get ahead of myself. Do you get the feeling? I got to tell you, I got to stop right here. One time I was, I went off flying with a man in a Cessna 172, and, and he went to Tom's church, and he just got his pilot's license, and I had never flown on an airplane before, kind of like Zach. And we're up there, and he says, hey, do you want to do a stall? And, and I'm like, I don't know. I said, what's a stall? He said, we're going to stop the plane in the air. I went, uh, I guess I don't really have a choice. And he pulls the nose up until it quits flying. And it shakes and it falls. And I grab the dash. And he says, you grabbed a hold of a falling airplane. And I let go. <laughs> but whether I have the dash or I don't have a dash, I'm falling. Yeah. Let, me, let me tell you how much control you have. None. You're on a planet in the middle of nowhere that has to obey gravity and all of God. I mean, you, you're riding in an airplane and, and there's nothing you can do. It's either trust God or forget it. Somebody's got to be driving this thing. And it ain't you and I. I'm going to tell you this. You and I are going to learn to relax. Because if he can keep just the planet going, he's got you. That's good preaching. If, if, he, if, he, if he can keep the... If, if, he, if he made the earth... 
to where it's spinning at 700 miles an hour and the earth is, the, the, the weather is created by the uneven heating of the earth's surfaces. That means that when the sun is heating the Sahara Desert, it's heating the ocean different and it's heating the wind, the grass different and it's heating the North Pole different than the equator and the South Pole and that's creating the weather systems that we see that's causing the, the rain to go up and the rain to come down and to go down and water the aquifer which creates the springs in the ocean that you need to understand it's out of your hand. <laughs> Say, I think I feel like Job. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place that it might take hold of the end of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it who takes the form of clay under a seal and finds out like a garment the wicked their light withheld an upraised arm? Look, verse 16. Have you entered the springs that are in the sea? Have you walked in search of the depths? Have, you, have, have the gates of death been revealed to you? Have you seen the doors of the shadow of death? Have you comprehended the breadth of this earth? Tell me if you know all this. Where is the way of the, the dwelling of light? And darkness, where's its place? Before he said light be, what was here? And that can't be. At the end of the universe, what is there? And what was here before he said universe be? Where did he come from and who's his mother? Anybody out got any answers to any of these questions? We do not. He, he, Joe, I know Job's. Where is the way to the dwelling of light? Darkness, where's its place? What was here before darkness was here? That you may take hold of its territory, that you know the path to its home. Do you know it because you were born then or because the number of your days, you're just so old? You've been around so long, Job. I wonder what he thinks of us. Can I get ahead of myself? The whole point of the Holy Spirit is without him. You would think a boy is a girl and a girl is a boy. A man without God in him is a moron. I mean, I look at them and go, thank God I'm not like them, but I'll tell you what, you could be if it wasn't for him. He's the source of all the knowledge you have, which isn't much. But if he's going to make you like Jesus before he's done, say Shondai. Good God. That's crazy. That's crazy awesome. Have you entered the treasury of snow? Have you seen the treasury of hell, which I've reserved for the day of trouble, for the day of battle and war, 
that which is light is diffused or the east and scatters over the earth. Who has divided a channel of the overflow water or a path for the thunderbolt to cause it to rain on the land where there is no one? A wilderness in which there is no man to satisfy the desolate waste and to cause springs to forth and tender grass. Has the rain a father who has begotten the drops of dew and from whose the womb is ice and frost of heaven gives birth? The waters harden like stone, the surface is deep. What percentage of the earth is, is fresh water? Fresh, three three percent. Most of the water on the earth is frozen. That's what happened to Noah's flood. You ever wonder where it went? Y'all look like Job. You know, before Job, there was no um, North Pole, South Pole. There was a firmament over the earth, and the atmospheric pressures that were here were greater. That's why all the animals were bigger, and people lived a 1,000 years, because the atmosphere was perfect. There was no pollution in it at all. Did you know that because of the firmament over the earth, did you know you could hear the, song, the stars and the music they give off in the air, like when you're at Walmart? But the minute that the firmament broke up, man went from 1,000 years to 120 years, and then later, because of sin, down to 70 or 80. And it, it actually had a great effect upon our bodies. But all of that water is still here. But there was no North Pole and South Pole because the firmament was a greenhouse in the whole earth. And then we have, now we have a North Pole and a South Pole. That's where all of the weather systems we have came from that didn't exist before the flood. You ever wonder what it's going to be like at the return of Jesus? It is going to be a ball. I'm going to tell the story again. I love the fact that sometimes God is a chatterbox. He just wants to talk to you and tell you something. One morning on the way to church, when I woke up going to church, he said, you want to know how you're going to fly around during the millennial rain? And I'm thinking, shouldn't you be more spiritual? <laughs> I mean, we're going to church. And he's wanting to talk about flying cars. I said, yes, sir. He said, you're going to go around in bubbles. They have no engine. They won't need an engine. And then he said, do you want to know how it's going to work? And naturally, I'm going to. Yes, I would like to know that. Do y'all want to know how? He, now, this is what he said. He said, there will be voice activated. You'll get in it and say, take me, so-and-so. He said, there's going to be stuff in the bubble that will, you know, little squares about the size of 16th of an inch all over the bubble that when, when you speak, It'll cause a substance to go in them that will stop gravitational pull. But not a lot, but only enough that the bubble will go up. So because there's the gravitational pull is taken away from the bubble, it'll, it'll rise up in the air. No, no motor, nothing, no motor. It's the gravitation that's already here using it like wind. Wind is here. Sailboats don't need a motor. They, they could use wind. And then he said, like wind, he said, and then on the backside of it, that same substance will come up in the bubble and will restrict the gravitation 
from the back and the front will suck it to where you're going. In other words, you'll get in it and the door will go, whoop, and you say, take me to church, and it'll go, whoop. And I'm going, that's cool. And, and he's just, and, and the reason he told me that is I'm always asking him, I'm always asking him goofy questions. Well, he said he'd show us. Now, do y'all not think that's cool? Now, if it wasn't for our GPS now and some of the things we've learned, we wouldn't even believe that. But yet, just think when Jesus is ruling and reigning and the devil is gone and the politicians are in hell, how much we're going to get done. It's going to be a wonderful place. I mean, the whole earth is going to be crazy awesome. Now, you're in the kingdom now. Go, go to Proverbs 1 7. Now I'm getting to change directions a little tiny bit. We've, we've just determined that God is smart. Can you be? What do you think it was like when Jesus was growing up? What do you think his relationship with God was like? I think it was awesome. I believe that God tutored him. I think God spent time with his son and taught him. Because by the time he hits the Jordan River, he's smart as a whip. He knows about land. He knows about oceans. He knows about demons and food. I mean, he's smart like God. All right. Now, there's a scripture that says, let this mind be in you. Can we be smarter? Seven people. Yeah, well, I'm glad I'm preaching this. Heavenly Father, we need some help here tonight. How smart? Very. What happened in America that didn't happen in every nation? We feared God. And we became the greatest nation. You say, but the nation in doing that, well, yeah, they might be. You, you, you and me, listen. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Knowledge. Knowledge. Before you met Jesus, you weren't real bright. And now you're brighter. But the moment, now you understand, I'm going to tell you where I'm going. We have a book written by the guy that made it. Why is it laying on your counter when this is the greatest treasure on this planet 
God's thoughts. You can read his thoughts. Oh, my God, we ought to just be eating this book. Why? Because it'll keep you from looking, walking, talking, and acting stupid. The less of God you have, the dumber you are. See, there, there are things I can't give you. You walk out of here and never pick a Bible up, next week you'll be as dumb as you are right this minute. Sermon didn't do you a bit of good. But if you'll go home and go, you said, you up there that made that universe so big you weighed it in your hand, that if I drew near you, you'd draw near me. That sounds like a smart thing to do. We haven't scratched it. The fear of God, reverence of God, is the start of wisdom. Then what would be a lack of fear the beginning of? Total dummy. I don't want you to, I don't have it written here for you to go here. But I'm going to go to Romans 1. Verse 18. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. God showed it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power and Godhead, there without excuse. No way in the world you're looking around here and figured out and believe there's no God. That's just not even. This afternoon, I'll tell you, this is the coolest thing. I pulled this off a tree. It just grew. <laughs> by the mere fact that someone had to make it. If someone made this, did you think someone made your eyeball? It just happened. And it's 100,000 times more intricate than a camera. And it happened. You have great faith in nothing. I think all of us know that. Now look at this. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, neither were they thankful but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish heart was dark, and professing them to be wise, they became fools. The word fool is moroni. It's the word moron. I want you to think about the news. Heard any morons lately? Have you just kind of thought to yourself, are y'all crazy? Changing the sex of your child? You're past, you're past stupid. You don't even, you don't even merit an explanation. You're so dumb. But you can't, you know, I know you're thinking, yeah, you're dumb. No, 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 no. They really are dumb. And getting dumber. The devil is so dumb, he thinks he's going to win. Yeah. 
and 80% of Americans think they're going to heaven because they're good. That's dumb. That's dumb. So how do you and I keep from being dumb? You might want to get full of God, the Holy Ghost, pray and, oh, we're going to go down this one in a minute. Only God would come up with an idea to take a stupid person and help them pray perfect in a language they don't know. And, and if you're dumb, you wrestle with it. Well, I don't do that because, well, I don't know what I'm saying. And, hey, Job, where were you? You have the God that made everything gave you an ability to tap the mind of God and you're wrestling with it. Uh, never mind. Why do you think he did it? Because he wanted to mess up intelligent people. If you think, you won't obey God because it's it don't make sense. Shout at a wall. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I ain't shouting at a wall. Y'all go shout at a wall. I'm not shouting at a wall. I, just, I don't know where Joshua, he's been hanging around Moses too long, but just I'm shout at a wall. How stupid. But see, ignorant people, the Bible says rejoice in the Lord, count it all joy. And it says with, and, and the word rejoice means to, to jump and spin. And then those are holy rollers and no intelligent person would be down there. So you become dumb. To disobey God is dumb. It's, du it's dumb. <laughs> Help me. Help me, Zach. Help me, Zach. John 16. We've, we've determined that Jesus is smart. Have we come to that conclusion that he's real smart? He didn't do what he did so you would stay a baby, but to go into full-grown adulthood. All, all the universe, all of that out there was for earth, and earth was for man. And in the scope of it, we're tiny. And, and it says in, in Psalm 8, what is man that you are enamored with this thing you made called people? Well, they're my sons. That's my family. 
God created Jesus to start a second race of people like him. He wants you to know stuff. He wants you to know how healing works. He wants you to know how to push the button and pull the lever and make it happen. Not just for yourself, but for everyone around you. He wants you to understand wind and waves and how to tell storms to stop. He wants you to know how to walk on water. He he, he raised up 12 men not to impress them, but to turn them into him. He raised up a church to turn you in to a little Jesus with the mind of Christ, the wisdom of God. Mm. This is good. We have so much to learn. Now listen, I'm going to get you out of your head right now. It's going to take you a couple thousand years. But you have it. If you die dumb, you're going to school in heaven. Yeah. Yeah, you're in the, I was reading Jesse to plan this book, and there's, there's two kinds of people roaming around heaven. And I'm not going to determine which one you are. There are people with robes of righteousness who lived upright before God and obeyed him. Then there's people with a garment of praise. Uh, it's a plain, off-white, ugly garment. But you're in heaven, and you're dumb as a rock. But you're there. And you're, you're like, oh, I made it. But it's obvious that you don't look like everybody. There's people there that are more glorious and people that are not like here. But thank God we're going. Those people, when they get there, are met by an angel and they're given a school assignment and they're headed to school. Because, never mind, y'all, there's, there's so much God wants you to know. Now, I'm saying this tonight, don't wait. I'll come over here. Think for a moment. What is in your Bible that you want to know it? Now, John G. Lake had 16 brothers and sisters. By the time he got to adulthood, eight of them had died. Most people in America didn't live very long because of it's just people just didn't know much. That created a fire in him. I am going to learn about the healing power of God. And he set out, he, he was a, insurance salesman that made hundreds 
of, he made 5,000 a week in the 20s. He had a pearl desk, mahogany and pearl. He was filthy rich. And he walked away from it to find out how the power of God worked. And he wouldn't rest until he was full. They didn't know anything about being filled. He waited, he prayed a year to get filled with the Holy Ghost. He didn't know what we know. But he said by the time he got to Africa, God had taught him how the power works. He started 5,000 churches. Everywhere he went, the power of God came out of him and people were healed everywhere he went. He learned how to take the life of God in him and release it into someone and drive disease out of them. He was in the bubonic plague. It didn't touch him. He said, it'll die in my hands. He said, the life of God will kill it. Now, wait a minute. It's not because he's John G. Lake. It's because he wanted to know that. Come on. When he came back to America, he moved up in the Northeast and he started teaching people how to pray for the sick. His town was called the healthiest city in America and they gave him an honorary medical doctor's degree because of all the healthy people that were in the town because of him. Because he did a thousand times more than any doctor ever did. But he learned about the power of God. Now, wait a minute. We say, well, that was John G. Yeah. Bef yeah, why not me? Before Jesus returns, the church will do the works that Jesus did exactly like Jesus did them. Now, I'm going to say something. Don't get, I don't want you to get angry at me. Just don't throw anything at me. If you need healing, I want you to get up here and get prayed for. But would you please get to the place to where it's you praying for the sick instead of you getting in everybody's line? Do, do, you understand? You can, you can do that. You can. But because you've never had this thought, I can know this. I can know this. I can do this. Are you in John? 16, 12. I still have a lot of things I want to say to y'all. You can't bear him now. He hadn't gone on the cross yet. They weren't born again yet. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into at least understanding a little bit about the new birth and a little tiny bit about heaven. And other than that, no one can know the depths of God. Come on, y'all. Let's read it. Let's read it. Let's read it. Say, I believe this. He will guide you into all truth. 
He will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he'll speak. He'll even tell you things that are going to come. He will glorify me. He'll take what's mine, and the word declare means show it to you. All things the Father has are mine. Everything that God has is mine. And I said he'll take what's mine, and he'll show you the mind of God. You can have a God thought. Now, let me ask you a question. You people are older. Have you ever wished you could put your brain in your kids? You ever think God thinks like that? I could just get my brain in you about five minutes. You wouldn't be so dumb. He He did. It's called the Holy Ghost. I made up. I told Betty this while ago. I'm gonna tell y'all. Starting May the first, the Lord dealt with me to go on a 28 day fast. Not not fasting food, but a fast my phone, fast stupid stuff. I'm reading one chapter in John G. Lake's book a day. Every day I'm reading chapter. Gloria Copeland did that. I'm praying one hour in tongues every day. And I'm reading one chapter in the book of Acts every day. That's, that's minimum. I'm going on. And then I found out, I turned on um, something day and um, um, what's his name? Um, the Jewish guy. Sid Roth said that the Lord dealt with him to do that. And my fast ends on the day of Pentecost. I didn't plan it that way, but I went, oh, my God, yeah. Now, sometimes you need to fast the world. Get in the Word and go, okay, I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going to get a, I'm fixing to read chapters in my, so I got my message Bible, and that's what I'm using to read. Because I, see, I need something that's, I can read a chapter, you know, I, it, it flows. I need it to make sense when I'm reading it, you know. Because if I'm reading the King James, I'm going to get stuck on each verse. Okay. Okay. I got so much to do here. Go, go to 1 Corinthians 2. I don't have that. I don't have, I didn't give you that, but I want you to go there. 1 Corinthians 2. Let's see what time it is. Oh, we're good. Hmm. 2 6. We're going to read again. However, we speak a wisdom among those that are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age. Turn that stuff off. Nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God ordained before the ages for our glory. Your, God wants you to know it. Which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. As it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered the heart of man, things that God has preferred for those love them, that love him. But, 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 God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Now listen to me. There is no way 
to the knowledge of God without the Holy Spirit showing it to you. You can't just learn it. If you're not looking, he's not talking. It's not going to fall on your head. It's not because you've been in church 30 years. You could be in 30, here 30 years, and there's kids in children's church that know more about God than you do. That's honest to God truth. I got a pastor friend. Well, I'm not, I don't know what I went to a meeting the other day, and we were talking about the prayer breakfast tomorrow morning, and, and, and the, the, they said, the people in the room said, we need to cut the, pre- the speaker's time down from 20 minutes to less. We're running out of time. And I said, no. I said, why don't we quit praying 10-minute sermons? And I heard, all right, okay. Y'all know I'm a little vocal. I said, they, we've agreed to three minutes. And then I said, what I said next, I probably didn't need to say. I said, nobody remembers your prayer when you leave here. They don't remember your glory. My, he prayed eloquently. No one does that. And I said, cut your prayers down to three minutes and don't cut the speaker. Well, the next month I wasn't there and one guy came in and he looked at me and said, I want you to know you hurt my feelings. And I'm standing there going, you're a pastor. You're a moron. I hurt your feelings? Never mind. I'm trying to spend enough time with God so that you're not stupid. Because people can see it. They're walking away and going, that guy's dumb. Now, I'm not. Now, y'all don't think. And I apologized. I'm sorry. You're a leader in a church and you're crying that that suggesting you pray shorter. Never mind. I'm thinking, help me, Jesus. We need a revival. Man, we need a carpet time with God bad. We all need carpet time. I mean, I'm not saying that to be a smart aleck. I'm saying I really am saying that because this nation, p- p- there's too many people that are just downright crazy. And I don't. 
politicians won't fix it. They caused it. We need God. We need, we need God to come in and flatten everybody in the room and go, hey, let's talk you. Who, you know, I mean, I, I want to get up off the floor going, I repent. When you get in his presence, you know how you're doing. Boy, out of praise the Lord. Father, hell, I know that didn't go over and good, but it probably helped one or two people in here. Verse 10, God revealed them to us through his spirit. The spirit of searches all things, deep things of God. What man knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man in him? No, nobody knows what's going on in you but you. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Nobody knows God but the Holy Ghost. Nobody, nobody knows God. Nobody can even grab an insight into him. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God, that we might know the things, look at this, that have been freely given to us by God. These things we speak in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Their foolishness him, nor can he even know them. They're spiritually discerned. He who is spiritual judges all things. He himself is rightly judged by no one. Who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But, but, but. We have what? The mind of Christ. Where? In your spirit. So in, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says we have this treasure in, well, in, 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 in um, 1 Corinthians, something. we have this treasure in earth and vessel. 14, 1, it says that, that when we pray in the spirit, we're praying mysteries. Who's the, who, who is it a mystery to? You. But God gives you a language, and when you're reading your Bible and you're praying, you're reading your Bible and you're praying, you have these OMG. Do you want to see what I just saw? Oh, I'm re oh my, who is talking to you? Holy Ghost. Now, here's my question. Wouldn't you do that? If it was that beneficial, Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. That's a lot of talking in tongues. Could that be why he wrote most of the New Testament, though he never met Jesus? Where did he get it? Holy Ghost. Say me too. I think God likes me. Proverbs 1. You ought to read Proverbs 1 when you get home. You ought to just read. You ought to just read the book of Proverbs. Teenagers should just read Proverbs. I mean, you ought to just get a, if it's a, what's today, third day? Today's third, read Proverbs 3 today. By the way, today's mine and Lisa's anniversary. We're heading to Tampa. So I'll give you all an insight. Justin's preaching Sunday. Don't come in here and rebel. Just 
That boy can preach. He, he's a good preacher. Let him run. Let him run. All right. We're going to, you know, Lisa has an e-car, and it'll only get down there. If I call y'all to come get me, we didn't find a place to charge it. I don't know. I've never gone anywhere where I couldn't pull in a gas station. And now, now and I'm going to stop for a minute and tell you something about e-cars. It, it costs less than $8 to run it for a week. So you plug it up at night and charges all night long, and it'll drive all week long. It'll only go 200 and something miles on a, on a charge, though. Pretty much Tampa Bay, and we're there. We better find something to hook this sucker to. I'm feeling like the Jetsons, but um, never mind. 120, wisdom calls outside aloud. She raises her voice in the open square. She cries in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates of the city. She speaks her words. How long will you simple ones love simplicity? Scorners delight in scorning. Fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. I will pour my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you because I called and you refused. I stretched my hand. No one regarded. You disdained all of my counsel. You would have none of my rebuke. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. Your terror comes like a storm and destruction comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come and they'll call on me and I ain't answering. They'll seek me diligently. They won't find me. They hated knowledge. They didn't choose the fear of God. They would have none of my counsel. They despised my rebukes. They'll eat the fruit of their own way, be filled with the fruit of their own fancies, and turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them, and whoever listens to me will dwell safely. Now, I'm talking about America. Right now in America, 80% of the people don't even go to church. 90% don't go to church, and the ones that do, 80% don't even read a Bible. I don't like the Lord allowed that. He didn't. You did. He just got through telling you, listen, I've been crying to you all your life. Come spend time with me. I'll teach you everything you ever wanted to know so you'll be safe and secure and prosperous and blessed and everything, everything you need to know. Quit running around doing nothing. Wasting all your time. Folks, listen. Get you a Bible. Get you a yellow highlighter and a green one and a red one and, a, and an ink pen and just sit down. And I started the book of Acts, but then I got over to Romans and I started reading two or three chapters. And I, after about an hour, I'm like, oh, I've gotten completely off course. But I'll tell you what, I love my Bible. I love sitting. I mean, I, when I read it, the Holy Ghost goes, oh, let me show you this and let me show you that and let me show you this. And, and, and I, I don't claim, do you all know, that me and Jeannie were dope-smoking hippies. Do you know that I didn't even make it in the yearbook in high school as even unimportant? <laughs> did, how, many, how many of y'all got a high school yearbook? Did you, when you went looking for you, did you, are you in your yearbook? I'm not. They didn't even take my picture. I wasn't in the football or the idiot. I wasn't in nothing. 
All I was was a crazy nut at 22 years of age, sick and broke. I was a fruitcake. No job, sick as a dog, a car that barely ran, living with someone else in a house with no heat and no air. I mean, that's a failure. But one day I opened a Bible. And I went, Shondai. And I learned how to go to work. I learned how to make money. I learned how to save money. I learned how to walk with God. And I got over being real dumb, real quick. I found all kind of stuff in there like, man, don't work, don't eat, worse than an unbeliever. And I went, Shondai, I better go get a job. I mean, I found all kind of the coolest stuff in here. And, and I'm still, I don't think I'm that smart, but I'm smarter than you are. I don't, I don't really think I'm, I don't, I think I, I think I, I don't think I've only had one scoop of this ice cream and there's a whole bucket. There's so much. I mean, I pray sometimes, I go, help me, just help me, God. I don't have any idea what I'm doing. But I, I love my Bible and I love to pray. And I do it because I don't know any other way to make it. I don't know how to do this without. I don't, man, if that, my house burns down, grab my Bible. <laughs> I can get another house. Just grab my Bible. Are y'all, are y'all get this? This guy is smart. And he wants to be our daddy. That's awesome. How do you do this, God? You remember the day he was with the guys and he said, hey, you need to send them out of here. They, they're hungry. He said, you feed them. I feed him. He didn't feed him. We the, the preacher lied to you. The disciples fed them. They multiplied bread. What else is there? He's got stuff for us now. Man, you ain't started. You you're just getting started. You're just There's a, script, there's a scripture over in Ephesians. I want to know. I want to know the love of God that passes knowledge. Paul said, I want to know him. Paul, I'm thinking, Paul, you know him. He goes, no, I don't know him yet. I said, if you don't know him, I'm dumb. Your snake bit and throw it in the fire and they killed you and you went back and preached. I'm stupid. But I'm on a mission. Anybody with me? Are y'all with me? I don't want to go along to get along. I'm I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't. I'm tired of Festus Hagen Christianity. Father God, I I I I've preached my heart out tonight. I I've I don't know another way to say this. I really don't. But the day I met you was the greatest day of my life. 
And that was 40-some years ago. I wished I could say that I have taken advantage of every moment of that, and I haven't. I've taken better than some, I guess. But there's, there's so much more. I'm not, worried about, I'm not worried about what's going on in the Middle East. I'm not worried about what's going on in the world. I'm not worried about it, Father. I'm not even sitting here worried about it. I, I just want to know what you want me to do. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know what Paul knew. I want to know what Jesus knew. I want to know this. You said you would teach me, lead me, and guide me. You said the fear of God is beginning knowledge. I want the knowledge of God. I want to know you. I want to know you. Huh. Way better than I know you now. I want to know how healing works. I want to know how faith works. I want to be able to explain it to people where they grab it and go. I want a church where everybody in it's healthy. I want a church where people, everybody in here knows how to get people saved. I, I want a church where people go, man, raise someone from the dead last week. And I said, that's cool. That's normal. Happens all the time. <laughs> I don't think we I don't think we're I don't, I don't think we're where we should be but I think I think we have a hunger to go where we've to go where where we should be going right now and I give you thanks for it in Jesus name amen now I preached this tonight I didn't preach this just to preach a cute sermon and for you to go home I, I am very very serious about what I just preached the greatest thing you'll ever give God is growth. I love it when my boys became adults. I didn't have to pick up after them anymore. I could trust them with a shotgun. And then we could walk together as men, not as a father and a boy. Do you think God has the same desire? Thank you for coming to church tonight. I pray that we've inspired you, inspired you, and taught you how big the sun is. Have a great day, God bless all. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us, too, that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.